I hate to turn old Stevie off, but hey, let's do it. Yeah. What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lightness within it as well. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, on, just, honey, it's a yeah. very tricky color, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Terry and I worship an unconventional deity, the power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere except in my own mind. And there you have it. Yeah, there it is. This right is the there. David Allen Show, episode number 44, the big four zero. Wow. Can you believe it? So we're over the hill now. Uh, well, is this the peak? Is that what that means? So this is the middle? Oh, it's, all, it's all downhill from here? Yeah, it kind of is. Because I, I, I remember reading that after you hit 20, your, uh, <clears throat> your organs in your body lose 1% of efficiency every year. After 20? After 20. Huh. So, yeah, it's all down here. <laughs> it's all down here? Hey, <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, apparently the Democrats decided to, uh, I mean, the last several years, their leadership has done a really good job at retaining and gaining, uh, seats in the House and in the Senate, yeah? Uh, no, no? We'll the election of our full leadership and we'll all come out, but it's, uh, taking a little longer, so I thought I'd just come by, uh, and tell you how accelerated I am by the strong vote that I have from my colleagues as we go forward. They have honored me with this leadership role. And that yep, because I've done such a great job in the past. We're going to do it again. Speaker uh, in the past, uh, and, and that's exciting. Uh, but today has a special excitement for me uh, because I think we're at a time where it is because well you made beyond it? politics. It's about the character of America uh -huh. and how we go forward in our caucus uh, to put forth our values which are what unite us as a caucus uh, to differentiate. Not as Americans, but as a caucus. There you go. And the administration. I'm happy about into, it. Uh, Did you hear what you just said, though? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Caucus. To differentiate them from. Uh, to put forth our values, Listen. which are what unite us as a caucus, uh, to differentiate between us and. And who? Uh, America? <laughs> The well, administration that will come into uh, Washington in January uh, to take that. Did message she have a stroke, I, or is that her false teeth? It's her false teeth that don't fit. They haven't fit for years. Oh my goodness! I know it's terrible. To the public, this is Nancy Pelosi, by the way, is something that is a, a historic challenge. The American <laughs> yes, people see the it is a historic yeah. challenge. Yeah, it is. Urgency. We have a responsibility, and we embrace the opportunity that is presented. What opportunity? You know, <laughs> what opportunity? <laughs> they gave her the job again of failing, which is good, because then we know what we're getting. Well, I think it's good right? for Republicans. I mean, because I mean, I mean, then everyone knows what's happening. They're going to do the same old bullcrap. Yeah. And that's, sure, awesome. Yeah, no, I think sure. it's great. How to win elections. We've done it in the past. We will do it <laughs> what? She said we you know, know in how the to past. win. <laughs> in the past. ...that is presented. We know how to win elections. We've done it in uh -huh. the past. We will do it again uh -huh. by making that differentiation. But again... Wait, it didn't work. It didn't work the last how many times? 
that differentiation mm-hmm. d- differentiation doesn't work. Well, it worked for presidency twice, but not not the the Congress. Yeah, and not especially not, not the, the House. She gets beat all the time. Well, and she yet, doesn't. Well, no, because she's from San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. This is so much bigger than politics. <laughs> really? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, I I guess I didn't know. It's about the character of America. It's a responsibility to the people. Wow. The, the character of America? Well, what, I, the character that just elected Trump? I I hope she's the face for the Democratic Party cuz that that's and, and that's awesome. The like the majority of congresses now, like the lo- state legislatures are now red. Yeah. Hmm, that's a good winning. Winning. Shh, don't don't Sorry. don't say anything. People. Agree with her. Obligation to our founders, our gratitude to our men and women in uniform. And our respect for the aspirations of America's children. Oh, yes! Yes! So I have a special springing my step today because this uh, no, opportunity. Because she won. That's, That's the it. Vicodin. It's she is not. a special one uh, to lead the House Democrats, bring everyone together as we go forward. Everyone. My heart is broken that we did mm-hmm. not win the White House. But, okay. She says my or heart. The, or my, the Congress. Hold on. My heart is broken. That we didn't know in the White House this time. Listen to her caveat. House this time, uh, uh, that is, it's, it's a pain, and, and not for me personally, but for what it means to the American people. <laughs> Are you kidding? It's not a pain for me, yeah. but for what it means to fine. the American people. I'll so, scrape by. Screw you, American people, is what uh-huh. she just said. Yep. I won. I'm, I got two more years in my cushiness, and then she'll be pain eighty and, or dead. Not for me personally, but for what it means to the American people. <sighs> so I would trade anything not to have this opportunity of opposing. Really? What? Anything. Did she say anything correct there? <laughs> I, let's listen. I, I couldn't get, it didn't make sense to me. Of opposing an administration where we can engage, oh, we will up, have this. It's, it's, it's a pain and, and, and yes, I know it's not for you. Not for me I know, personally. But for <laughs> the Botox is taking all the sensation <laughs> away. What it means to the American people. So I would trade anything not to have this opportunity. Okay. I would trade anything not to have this opportunity. Is that correct? Well, yeah. She would She's trade saying, anything so, not to have it. So that she wouldn't be having the opportunity to... Win another election, or I would. There, I. I think she's saying that that her election is an opportunity to set things. She would trade. She would trade anything not to have the opportunity. What does that mean? It means she wouldn't trade everything to have the opportunity. She would. Okay, the opposite of that. She would trade anything. Anything not to have the opportunity. Yeah. What uh-huh. it means to the American people. Shh. Listen, right here. So I would trade anything not to have this opportunity of opposing an administration. So we what? We, we just have to to pass. No, we, no, no. no. <laughs> we, we just have so we, we just have what? to pass 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 this by so that we know what she's actually saying. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> am I weird that this makes no sense? Well, hmm? no, no, I don't think you're. I don't think you're weird for that reason. <laughs> Shut up. 
I don't get it. What it means to the American people. So I would trade anything not to have this opportunity of opposing. Wouldn't it? She shouldn't she have said I would trade anything to have this opportunity? Well, earlier didn't she say that she her no, winning this was an opportunity? It was a wonderful they know opportunity. How to win elections, clearly, yeah, and. <clears throat> It seems to me that what she's trying to say is that she's she's uh, she's a winner. She's happy about it, but I... it, it it you know what? I'm sorry. What it means to the American people. <laughs> the the Botox so has hit above her eyes, and it's it's moving up. Uh-huh. Of opposing an administration. Okay, is she smiling? Okay. Um... She would trade anything not to have this opportunity of opposing this administration. Oh, so she was. What she's saying is that she would give anything to have to not have this administration to have Hillary in. in the office. Oh, I would trade anything not to have this up. Op- okay, okay, no, no, that might make sense. Where we can engage, we will. Where we can we oppose, we need to oppose, we will. But nonetheless. This does an afford an opportunity. What? It does unafford an opportunity. Yes, yes. So that the congressional Democrats can go forward and remove all doubt that never again will we have an election where there's any doubt in anyone's mind where the Democrats are when it comes to America's working family. Wait a second. Who has the doubt where they are now? Um, yeah, I... I mean, they're clear. Oh, yeah. coal miners, screw you. Yeah. Power, yeah, screw you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're not in solar? Mm. That's solar energy's where it's at. Yeah. You're going to have to be dead. Yeah. So with all of that, we'll be back soon with our full complement of the leadership. Uh, but I wanted to just uh, I had to come out congratulate and Tim Ryan what she said. On, on a good on race. What? Oh, bull crap. <laughs> He's the guy that opposed her. He was actually trying colleagues. to get speakership from, where was he from? Uh, Virginia, maybe? Oh. Somewhere in the, like Pennsylvania, perhaps. Uh, not like Silicon Valley. I heard 30% of the people, uh, the Democrats, uh, opposed her. Well, sure, but that's why she had to jump out really quick and, oh, it's so, such a great opportunity. And I want to congratulate him on a great try. Such a mm. great try at me. Uh, from the beautiful diversity of our caucus to put forth a message that does connect with the American people. No, it Thank doesn't. It. How does it connect with the American people? They just lost. Yep. <clears throat> hard. Yeah, hard. Yeah, they did. So this is the Democratic leadership in the House, everybody. Good work. Go Pelosi. I think it's great. I think she did a great job before, and I think she's, I think she's going to continue doing the same. So I'm all for it, her, it, her. Her, her, come on. I mean, I, I'm all for it. Her winning this. I'm glad she won. Yeah, yeah. good work. Good. Yeah, about Woo! about. <clears throat> Go get them. <laughs> but you know, you know. Nope. This this whole electrical uh, elect- electrical college the electrical college thing. <laughs> it uh. It you know it's just bogus because Hillary won the popular vote, you know. Okay. She won the popular okay. vote. Okay. And this yeah. is just one more thing yeah. for a way to um, steal elections. 
Yeah. Uh, That's fake news, by the way. <laughs> well, I, I, I got this information. Oh, what? And I'm going to read it. Shh. Quiet on the set. There are 3,141... Oh, hey, yeah, let's have it. <laughs> there are 3,141 counties in the United States. Mm-hmm. Full of racists. Trump won 3,084 of them. Clinton won 57. <laughs> there are, what? There are 62 counties in New York State. Trump won 46 of them. Clinton won 16. Clinton won the popular vote by approximately 1.5 million votes. In the five counties that encompass New York City, Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Richmond, and Queens, Clinton received well over 2 million more votes than Trump. Clinton only won four of these counties. Trump won Richmond. So she won 80% of the counties that encompass New York City. Therefore, these five counties alone more than accounted for Clinton winning the popular vote of the entire country. These five counties comprise 319 square miles. The United States is comprised of 3,797,000 square miles. When you have a country that encompasses almost 4 million square miles of territory, it would be ludicrous to even suggest that the vote of those who inhabit a mere 319 square miles should dictate the outcome of a national election. But wait. Large, densely populated Democratic cities, New York City, Chicago, L.A., Detroit, on and on we go, don't and shouldn't speak for the rest of our country. Well, clearly, that's why Nancy Pelosi should get out of there, but she's not. I mean, they're not getting rid of her. Not yet. So yeah, it's 316 miles uh, square miles this way. Did they count up? You know, that's a that no, they didn't. They didn't count vertical density, did no, they? No, they didn't. Mm-mm, come on now. No. Flyover no. country doesn't count, Except, David. Yes. Yeah. Everything six feet and under doesn't count, right? Well, it does if you're in the election. <coughs> True dad. This is the David Allen Show. So do you think it's a good idea for liberals to want to abolish the, the, the electoral college because they didn't win this time? What happens when it doesn't work in their favor next time? Are they going to want it back? Well, I got a perfect example about that. <laughs> Let's have it. The Senate, the uh, filibuster. Oh, yes, yeah. The nuclear option. The nuclear yeah, option. Yeah. And uh, the Republicans are very hesitant to go down inf- that road to go down that road because they've been in the minority in the past but the democrats did it they took it away but they did it for everything except for supreme court justices that was only one that they didn't do mm. <clears throat> so but the republicans at this point could do that if they wanted to but and say they got two or three say they got three supreme court justices and absolutely stack the court for a generation. 
well, I think it would be kind of foolish not to think a generation ahead and and consider. But they'll do the same thing. Yeah, later. yeah. Or you just off them like Scalia, make them go away so you have empty seats. Oh, I that was the other thing I heard. Um, there is a way that you could get rid of the Supreme Court. <laughs> Kill them all? No, oh. let them die off and oh, then no, filibuster and oh, never don't appoint them. Never fill the never fill the seats. they had enough they could filibuster it and never never fill the seats and it would just die off but the lower courts are terrible yeah i mean that might not be better um yeah depends upon who it is i mean uh who's in charge but but consider consider uh different laws that come in um, like uh, the Marriage uh, Defense of Marriage Act, if Congress, if Congress uh, um, voted that law in, Supreme Court couldn't summarily dismiss it. So it'll never happen because there'll never be that no, too much. No. Ba- I mean that balance because all it would take is one election, and you have. You know, one president who fills eight seats. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Yeah. But. I'm a little concerned about Trump. Why? <clears throat> well, did you see who his uh, treasury pick is? No. Stephen. Crowder? Mon- no. <laughs> Munchen, 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 yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyways, he worked for uh, Goldman Sachs for 17 years, as did his father, and then he went on to become a successful uh, producer in Hollywood. I guess he knows how to work the system. Well, yeah, but. Uh, you know, for for those people that are completely against how things have been done in the past, it seems like Trump is continuing on the legacy. Mm-hmm. He also uh, <clears throat> he also went to talk to David Petraeus. Oh yeah, for uh, Secretary of State. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> no, but they won't let that happen. Well, David Petraeus. Uh, went in with Mark Kelly to launch a gun control group. Oh, brother. So, uh, Mark Kelly, isn't that uh, uh his the Gabby Gifford's husband? Yeah. Um but that seems to be more of the same old same old, doesn't it? I mean, even to talk to the guy. I mean, what's the point? Maybe I mean, maybe maybe he just stopped in to talk about I bet women or hey. something. <clears throat> No, he's got a girlfriend. It's fine. He emails her. Oh. No big deal. His fact, fact, historical fact. Ready? Okay. Hitler was Hitler. only able to rise to power because nobody made any memes comparing him to Hitler. <laughs> fact, everybody. The David Allen Show. Wow. <clears throat> Are you getting concerned about Trumpy? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've honestly kind of. I I, I kind of want to stop caring. I shouldn't. 
but I kind of do. Hmm. You know, I, I, I can't really fault you that much. When we started doing the podcast, mm-hmm. it was like February. Feb- February. My thought the whole time was that they were going to elect a Republican to push the country in ways that would help the globalists that they couldn't do under the Democrats. Okay. And I'm wondering if this is, if Trump is plan B and they're going to use him to do that. The nameless, faceless Illuminati. Yes. What do you think? Sure. I didn't. Or know. At this care. point, <laughs> at this point, anything. It doesn't possible. matter. Really? Sure. Oh. Uh, this from The Guardian. LGBT communities should be havens didn't of you... tolerance. I missed a couple letters there, okay. but that's fine. All so right. did they. Instead, racism is rife. When I see the word Muslim in the press, the fear is always that following word will be terrorist or fundamentalist. Oh, look that up. What's fundamentalist? Let's get a definition of that. Well, do you know what it was originally? Hmm? It was originally a term dealing, um, referring to uh, Christians who believed in the five fundamentals of the Christian faith. And then they co-opted that and used it to um, describe somebody who demands for a strict adherence to certain theological doctrines. Hmm. So <clears throat> so a fundamentalist Muslim would be, I suppose by that definition, somebody who demands a strict adherence to I don't care Islam. about that definition. What does fundamentalist mean? Yeah. So the definition of fundamentalist is Islamic... Uh, a strict... Fundamentalist is a strict adherence... Someone who... Who holds to a strict adherence to certain theological doctrines. <clears throat> so I would probably be a fundamentalist. Yeah. You would be a fundamentalist. Yeah. Based upon their definition, for sure. Hmm. I didn't know that was bad. Well, it wasn't. After the Orlando shootings, where a Muslim man opened fire in a gay nightclub killing many LGBT patrons, I felt like two parts of my identity had been mixed together under very gruesome circumstances. I was speechless for a day reflecting on the tragedy. As a gay man, I was sickened by the thought that people have been killed because of their sexuality. And as a gay Muslim, where it often feels like I live in the world's smallest Venn diagram, I also feared that there would be increased Islamophobia on the LGBT scene. As Owen Jones highlighted last week, there is a worrying problem in the LGBT community. Anecdotes aside, According to FS Magazine, approximately three-quarters of BAME, B-A-M-E, let's see, that would be black, Asian, Asian, Muslim, E, what it, uh, I have no idea, what would that be? Have personally experienced racism on the scene. After Orlando, I decided to bring together the LGBT and Muslim communities in an evening meal during Ramadan called A Big Gay Iftar. I bet it was fabulous, wasn't it? <laughs> what started out as an event intended to for eight friends at home turned into over 80 people showing up at a church to eat together. 
many people they wouldn't usually encounter on a Saturday night, and break down the wall between Islam and LGBT communities. It was the first time it felt like I, as an LGBT person from an ethnic minority, could own and tell our story. It was life-changing to feel the acceptance in the room and also to hear the shocking comments that LGBT people of color have faced in their own coming-out journey. I have only ever faced outright discrimination once, and to this day I am still shocked it happened in a well-known gay bar in the middle of Soho, London. Mid-conversation with a friend, a man came up to me and asked where I was from, thinking I was being chatted up. Oh, did he just get triggered? I replied, London. He wasn't convinced, pointing at his face and implying that my skin tone did not match that of a native Londoner. Because it didn't? Well, my parents are Indian, I replied. Oh, right, so you're Hindu. When I told him I was Muslim, he said, so you must support ISIS, right? I could have been playing... <laughs> it could have been playful flirting, but I felt downright offended. <laughs> I have never, not even at an airport playful flirting <laughs> been asked outright if i support a terrorist organization playfully you've never been asked <laughs> i still want to give him the benefit of the doubt but it's really not okay to ask someone that especially somewhere both of us should consider a safe space the scene is no less hostile online friends from lgbt ethnic minorities share screen grabs from apps such as grinder where they've been blocked abused or insulted over their backgrounds or skin color when we try to call it out as racism, we all come up against a common response. Yes, but it's just a sexual preference. Or what racism is? I only am interested in white people. Oh. That is a great point. Why can't it? Why can't you have that? Uh, I have the preference that I, um, I only men or only women. Why can't it be only uh, white women? How is that any different? Now, according to their definitions, how it's it well because they're, you, you they're can, trying can you, to promote. Can you have it both ways? That's the real question. Yes, yes. No, you can't. Especially if you're gay. <laughs> oh yeah, you can have it. You can have it as many ways as you want. And I didn't mean it in that way. I'm all for differing preferences. Variety is the spice of life. Actually, garam masala is the spice of life. But we'll let that let that slide. But to wrap up racism under the guise of, quote, but Asians and black people are not my thing, does not mean you can block someone purely because their heritage doesn't match what arouses you. It goes beyond sexting. A close friend told me he was once called my little Aladdin during a, a romp in the sheets. Jokes about... Oh, God! <laughs> jokes about lantern rubbing aside, that's not a sexual preference, it's racism. The fact is, there are very few high-profile role models from LGBT ethnic minorities. Duh. There's not very many of them, period. <sighs> Tradition pushes us, many of us, towards careers like medicine and accountancy. Sometimes it feels as though you can compare coming out for someone from an ethnic background with a white British person who came out in the 1980s. Both experiences carry the possibility of social exclusion, violence, and in extreme cases, suicide. It's important to remember that we as a group haven't benefited from the acceptance that comes from a household personality like Tom Daly publicly declaring his sexuality. If we are brave enough to come out, the scene needs to be a safe, welcoming place. Otherwise, staying in the closet will end up being a more comfortable option. 
Moments like Pride in London and organizations such as Stonewall are making active efforts to expand their work with BAME communities. What does that stand for? Look it up. B-A-M-E. B? Mm-hmm. A. But progress will only happen M-E. when the LGBT community, young and old, Am black I going to get on some kind of list I if I look? I'm sorry. Is this part of the deep wiki. web? Look at the wiki. <clears throat> it remembers everything it took to fight for what we have today. Okay. We all have a responsibility to speak up and not let racism slam the closet door shut behind us. Benzoil L. Arginine Methyl Ester. Oh, sorry. Perfect. No, uh, black, Asian, and minority ethnic. <clears throat> oh, well, it's got nothing to do with gay. E- either that or bovine adrenal medullary <laughs> endothelial. That's the one. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So that has nothing to do with the sexual preference. That's just a black Asian. Minority ethnic? Yeah. Black, Asian, and minority ethnic. So everyone? Well, except Chinese people. They're not. Well, I guess they're, they're under Asian, but they're not. Head. Yeah, you can't call them Oriental So it's not anymore. technically minority. Mm, what a joke. <clears throat> So, I don't know. It feels like that the, all these random like fringe groups mm-hmm. are realizing that maybe it's not so cool. Maybe their clubs aren't quite as awesome. Mm. Well, they have to. Um, I suppose. I suppose it's in any place. If you if you live as a victim and you think as a victim, you have to keep concentrating that I mean I would think a gay black Muslim I mean you can't get it as concentrated whining as that you know or uh, um, true or uh, feel so offensive because there are so many ways that you could feel offensive Let's you, say, you, maybe no, they were no, offensive or offended offended I'm oh, sorry yeah, yeah. Well, they might feel offensive I don't know yeah. I don't know. Illinois, to jump around here, Illinois will teach hairdressers to recognize victims of domestic violence. All licensed because of the beauty professionals on their will learn to spot signs of abuse. So does that mean they become, what, mandatory reporters? Is They'd that what have that's called? Well, I would... Well... <clears throat> Yeah, because what what would be the uh, the next thing that they would do if they saw like if they saw somebody with bruises on their on their head, are they supposed to interrogate the person and find out how he got them? The law amends the Barber Cosmetology Aesthetics Hair Braiding and Nail Technology Act and mandates that anyone seeking licensure as a barber, cosmetologist, esthetician, hair braider, or what what Got a license to be a yes. hair braider? Yes. And Nail Tech have a one-hour class on domestic violence and sexual assault. Licensed beauty professionals will be required to take the hour-long training every two years to renew their license. The idea for the legislation came out of a steering committee at Chicago Says No More, a regional group seeking to raise awareness about domestic violence. So they're the thin line between domestic violence and freedom? Hairdressers? According to Centers for Disease Control, one in four women 
have been the victim of severe physical violence by an intimate partner. What does that mean? What's the definition of severe in that sense? Yep. Okay. More than 65,000 intimate violence incidents were reported to Illinois law enforcement. Now, this has a link. Let's go look there. This is a PDF file. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence in Illinois. What is domestic violence? Did you know? One in three women and one in four men in the United States have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. Ooh, there's a there's a footnote. What is an intimate partner? Ha 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 ha. Um the Nash oh oh sorry, that's where it came from. The National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey reported that in 2010. Interesting. Apparently that uh, legislation was signed by a Republican. Can so, you imagine how Governor much Bruce time and, how much time and money it cost to have a, a, a handful of attorneys write that thing up? <laughs> I mean, because you know it's probably not one page long. It's probably about 12. And then it had to go to four subcommittees. <clears throat> <clears throat> Uh, it, more in the news. This the in the news segment of the David Allen Show, which could be every it could be everything. <laughs> you never know. But um, HD HGTV, the Home and Garden Television Network, has a very successful show. Do you know what it is? Not a clue. It's called Fixer Upper. Do you know who is the star of the show Fixer Upper? No. Who, who are the stars? I guess it's a couple. Okay, and, and a couple. husband wife team. A husband and wife. A traditional husband wife team. A traditional husband and wife. Chip and Joanna Gaines. Um, today this is December. Today's December one. Happy hey hey, happy December one. Thank you. Thank you. My dinger got stuck. Um, HGTV stars Chip and Joanna Gaines of Fixer Upper made headlines this week. Why? Well, not for their home designs, but for their association with a Texas church. BuzzFeed published a piece by reporter Kate Arthur Kate Arthur Tuesday about the Gaines' affiliation with the Antioch Community Church. Antioch. Who's the pastor? I don't know. Look it up. Gaines? Antioch. Antioch Community Church. In what town? Uh, Texas somewhere. Is it in Waco? Ah, uh, quite possibly. Yeah, I think so. Is that right? Jimmy Siebert. It looks like maybe. All right. Here's the BuzzFeed. This this uh, t- November twenty nine. The article from BuzzFeed. Dun dun dun. Chip and Joanna Gaines Church is firmly against same sex marriage. <laughs> Can you believe it? That's the headline. Chip and Joanna Gaines series Fixer Upper is one of the most popular shows on HGTV. The couple has recently graced the cover of People magazine. Their book, The Magnolia Story, has been on the New York Times bestseller list for five weeks. And they were subject of a long profile in Texas Monthly that credited them with revitalizing the city of Waco, where the show is set and where their businesses are located. The couple are riding a wave of success 
largely due to their charm and appeal. Joanna's design aesthetic, large kitchen islands, open concept floor plans, and shiplap is one of the show's stars. Chip's goofiness, his willingness to call himself fat, his sadness and terror when he has to deliver bad news to a client during construction, and his buoyant attitude is the other. They have built a small empire, and they are not done yet. They have a huge retail space in Waco, as well as a new magazine, the Magnolia Journal. They have a real estate company. Joanna has a paint line and a home decor line. Season 4 of Fixed Rupper begins November 29. That's the day this article came out. They are also, as they detail in the Magnolia story, devout Christians. Joanna has spoken of and written about her conversions with God. God told her both to... God told her both... What? God told her both to close their her store, to spend time with her children, and then to reopen it a few years later. Oh, that's disgusting! What's wrong with her? Their church, Antioch Community Church, is a non-denominational evangelical mission-based megachurch. What? It's just- and their pastor, Jimmy Siebert, who described the gains as dear friends in a recent video, takes a hard line against same-sex marriage and promotes converting LGBT Monsters. people into being straight. So are the Gaineses against same-sex marriage? And would they ever feature a same-sex oh. couple on the show as have HGTV's House Hunters and Property Brothers? Emails to Brock Murphy, the PR director at the company, Magnolia were not returned, nor were emails and calls to HGTV's PR department. When reached by phone, the Antioch Community Church communication director pointed me toward the church's website under beliefs where it states, quote, Marriage is the uniting of one man and one woman in covenant commitment for a lifetime. The church has held the same position since Siebert founded it in 17 years ago. Hmm. And in June 2015, on the Sunday after the Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage in all 50 states, he scrapped what was going to be the program at Antioch that day. And in order to reaffirm where the church stands, whatever the law of the land may be. After talking about Genesis and saying that marriage is between one man and one woman, one wife, Siebert emphasizes the fixedness of this idea. This is a clear biblical admonition, quote, So if someone were to say marriage is defined in a different way, let me just say they're wrong, he says from the pulpit to applause from the congregation. God defined marriage, not you and I. God defined masculine and feminine, male and female, not you and I. Siebert then goes on to discuss sin. Truth number one, homosexuality is a sin. The lie, homosexuality is not a sin. He urges compassion for the sinners, though. Because, quote, the statistics say that 90% of people who are in a full-blown homosexual lifestyle were abused in some way, physically, sexually, mentally. He also says that gay pornography deserves some of the blame. We have people and young people that have never had any intention of same-sex attraction, etc., etc., who have been sexually upfront in pornography and now are trapped in the addiction of it. But LGBT... LGBT people have a choice, Siebert says, and can change. Truth number two, God is able to give us power over every sin, including homosexuality. Lie number two, I'm an, I'm, I am a homosexual and in thought and action and I cannot change. I cannot, he tells the story of a playground conversation he recently had with a friend who was wondering whether one of his kids in their charge was going to be gay or straight. 
He said to her, Can I just tell you you don't have to wonder? You can lovingly, carefully bring him back to Scripture, be compassionate in the journey, and help them direct their passions rightly to how God created them. In 2009, a task force of American Psychological Association concluded that efforts to change sexual orientation are unlikely to be successful and involve some risk of harm. The Human Rights Campaign has also decried conversion therapy, linking it to a, a minors to depression, anxiety, drug use, homelessness, and suicide. Nevertheless, Siebert urges educators in public schools not to accept normalizing same-sex marriage, which will trickle down to teenage relationships. I have something to say. I have something to say. Remember the previous guy uh, talking about um, how horrible it was for somebody to have a, not to be uh, sexually attracted. We were talking about it to um, a person of a certain race. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So in that case, <clears throat> it's horrible <laughs> if you're not attracted to somebody. Mm -hmm. My point exactly. And in this case, it's a wonderful and sacred thing to not be attracted to somebody in meaning a woman right strictly based on the gender yeah it's strictly mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's hypocrisy anyways keep going sorry well i just find it interesting that this this article buzzfeed just calls him out his sermon is available online you can watch it in full it says oh man this, i hope people get saved because of it that'd be awesome the spokesperson for Antioch said she could not speak for Chip and Joanna Gaines on same-sex marriage but Siebert clearly does not offer any wiggle room on the issue none as he says no. emphatically in his sermon, business leaders, you will have to be clear about who you are and you will have to be willing to stand to those stand to lose even a deal or two or 10 or even lose your business. But if you're if you're not clear. You will not you, you will have no leg to stand on down the road. If you think you're going to get away with it in the short run, I promise you won't in the long run because the spirit demands submission. We're being called to a higher calling, Siebert says, a greater compassion and love, but a greater clarity than ever before because it is coming now. Starting Monday morning, we will not have the option anymore. And with that, he concludes, will come persecution. What I find fascinating here is this article just quoted a whole bunch of truth. <laughs> yeah. So that was the, uh, the original article. So the BuzzFeed piece from reporter Kate Arthur who must have spent an excruciating time watching that sermon and having to cut it apart. Huh. So she heard it several times, which is great. Or horrible for her if yeah, she never great. repents. Well, that's true. The Arthur's article focuses on the fact that the church's pastor takes a hard line against same-sex marriage. Yes, Arthur includes quotes from his sermon. We know that. We read them. While BuzzFeed did not obtain responses from either the Gaineses or HGTV, the network replied to the Huffington Post's request for comment Thursday saying, we don't discriminate against members of the LGBT community in any of our shows. HGTV is proud to have a crystal clear, consistent record of including people from all walks of life in its series. A representative of For the Gains was not immediately available. BuzzFeed has since received criticism for its posts from commenters and conservatives, with some saying the media outlet is targeting the Gaineses for their Christian faith and even dubbing the piece dangerous. Someone 
posted on the Twitter, why do bigots like BuzzFeed, Ben, and Kate Arthur want to destroy Chip and Joanna Gaines? Because they're Christian. Yep, there you go. That's going on in the news. <laughs> well, since we've been talking about race a little bit, I I wanted to... Uh... Have you been running? <laughs> oh, no. As you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, Mall of America, they're kind of... They were, they were the first in a lot of ways. You know, the first the... super large mall, mm-hmm. you know, in America. And now um, they're they're again trendsetters. They're sending it somewhere. Um, uh, Black Santa coming to Mall what? of America for the first time. Oh, yes, brother. that's right. This is Black Pete from Black the Santa. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Santa Larry Jefferson is from Dallas and will spend four days taking pictures and videos for families by appointment. Appointment. At the Santa experience. It's no big deal. I'm still Santa. I just happen to be a Santa of color. He is one of thousands of Santa, Santa's Sander, helpers Sander. who pose for pictures inside malls and shopping centers. Huh? <laughs> and we had no idea. Gives him something to identify with, but Santa is still just Santa. Just Saturday, I was doing an event, and one child said, Santa, you're brown. And I said, you bet I am. No. Uh, he said, yes, but Santa comes in many different colors. <clears throat> no, red, white, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And bla- well, mm, black boots. Black boots. In a residential area. Me and Santa Claus, baby girl. Wanna be your baby daddy, sugar daddy, any daddy, call me daddy. Cause I'm Santa Claus, baby girl. This black Santa Claus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> rally, rally, re. Rally, rally, re. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I have no words. <laughs> Is black Santa anything like Black Friday? Oh. Maybe. Maybe. Is it a deal? You get a deal? Oh, 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 was it a misleading article? Were they talking about Santa Claus on Black Friday at the Mall of America? Uh, uh, sadly, no. Oh, man. No. It was a, it was a good it's like It's like making Annie yeah, play, play by a black girl. Are you kidding? Yeah. <clears throat> I, <clears throat> uh, I don't know. What is the world coming to? That's a good question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've never heard this song. And I'm very 
thankful I've never heard well, this I'm song. Sorry, I ruined it for you. No, that's all right. You know. Is this a new? How new is this? Yeah, 2016. <laughs> so it is yeah. new. It's from Terracon Records, yo. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Didn't mean to ruin all your nights. No, no, but no. Hey. It, was, it, was, it was fine. I just... Somebody thought that was a good idea. Somebody did. True. Someone did. This is the David Allen Show uh, here on the, uh, the, the, uh, the airwaves of the interweb. Straight out of... Compton? I'm sure. Nope. DavidAllenShow.com for those interested and intrigued. Coming up, we're going to wander through the list of the books every man should read. Oh. So did I. 
Set among New York City's elites in the Roaring Twenties, this book is considered one of America's great literary products for a reason. Narrator Nick Carraway is befriended yes. by his mysterious millionaire neighbor, the Great Gaps. Jay Gatsby and proves to be a crucial link in Jay's quixotic obsession with Nick's cousin Daisy. The metaphors, the beautiful writing, and the lessons one can garner about reliving the past all make The Great Gatsby worth reading again and again and again. And again? And again. One of the earliest articles we published at The Art of Manliness was 100 Must-Read Books for Men. The piece was a result of a collaboration between the A Art of Manliness team and a few guest writers. The list was certainly decent enough, but some of the guest picks weren't books we would personally recommend. So, too, over the last nine years, we've read some additional books worthy of inclusion. So today we present a revamped list of 100 books every man should read over the course of his lifetime. It's a library that centers not on sheer enjoyment, though you'll find that too, but on the books that expand mind and soul, build new mental models, and allow you to become more culturally literate, and thus better able to participate in the great conversation. These are the books you'll keep thinking about long after you've finished the last page. Even when, or perhaps especially when you disagree with their ideas, providing cognitive leftovers you'll be chewing on for years and decades to come. Another on the list, The Republic, is a Socratic dialogue, Socratic dialogue, written by Plato around 380 BC concerning the definition of justice and how a just city-state should be ordered and characterized. It is the, it is the great philosopher's best-known work and has proven to be one of history's most influential works of philosophy and political theory. In it, Socrates and other various in interlocutors discuss the meaning of justice and examine whether or not the just man is happier than the unjust man, as well as a theory of forms, the immoral immortality of the soul, and the role of the, the, of the philosopher in society. The Republic. Plato. Plato. I read a book. No way. Yes. I fin I I think I read it in one day. Just yesterday or the day before. <clears throat> it's called The Peter Principle. The Peter Principle. Really? Have you ever heard of it? Nay. Never. How about you, Jim? It's an interesting book <clears throat> because he uh the uh the author has figured out, according to him, the reason why there's so many uh, screw-ups in society and uh, in government, why bureaucracy reigns supreme, doesn't matter where you go, why <clears throat> uh, businesses always eventually either collapse, um, you know, go bankrupt, like when the owner dies and the kid comes in, or it changes into something else and it just kind of, you don't see something that just keeps growing up, 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 
Same thing with churches. And this is the principle. The principle is this, that each person is promoted to his level of incompetence. Oh. And that uh, just about each person wants to be promoted so that they get more money or prestige or power or whatever. But the problem is, is that the vast majority of positions, people get promoted to their uh, position, uh, to a level of incompetence where they're no longer productive in what they do. And it, um, so a, a perfect example he has in the book is uh, an auto mechanic in this one shop who was, a, who was a great auto mechanic. He could diagnose anything, fix it. Anyways, the shop manager quit or left, died, whatever. And so the owner of the shop decided they needed to replace him. And who better than this great mechanic? <laughs> so they, they promoted him to shop manager. And shortly after that, business started going down. They started losing money because the man was happiest when he was fixing things. And now he's no longer fixing things. He has to do invoices. He has to he has to schedule everything. Mm-hmm. But what he wants to do is fix stuff. So he, when other mechanics on, are working on things, he's, he, he stands around and micromanages them. Or he tells them to move away, move out to the side, and then he starts fixing it. Or people call up and he'll just uh, schedule several cars at the same time and they can't do it. And he was not, he's not competent to be a manager. He's competent to be a fixer, to be a mechanic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in most jobs, there is a hierarchy above you that you can get promoted. And either it's your skills or your emotional well-being or your social well-being or whatever but for many for many reasons people are promoted to their level of, of incompetence <clears throat> and reading it 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 was uh the it was written in 1969 the man who wrote the book he originally wrote the book and sent it to different um publishers and they all rejected it. And until somebody told them that if you write this like as satire, really, we'll publish it. But if if you if you don't, we won't publish it. So the whole thing is uh, funny stories, and he has uh, just, <laughs> it's really witty, very funny. But it's not. It's written as satire, but it's actually true. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts? Well, I think that makes sense. <laughs> I'm having a hard time thinking of an exception. I mean, there are exceptions. Um, there but, are people uh, that won't allow themselves to be promoted. But uh, the word, the verbiage being used of promoting to the highest level of incompetence. Mm-hmm. To, to your level of incompetence. Meaning you only go as high as you are good at. No, you... You go one step above what you're good at. Oh, and then that, then you're terrible. Yeah, and well, see, what happens is you're good, 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 mm-hmm. and then you get into a position where you're incompetent and your promotion stops there. 
So that's why you're you're raised to your level of competence because you don't go any further. You're incompetent at that level. So then does that mean that you have to Man, how do you go farther? You don't. So what people do is like for instance he gave an example. Jump out the window? <laughs> no, they do diversions to try to um uh to find gratification and satisfaction in their job even though they're not doing a very good job. So, he gave an example of a of a teacher who was a vice principal and he was very good as a principal as a vice principal and he got promoted to principal in the school. And when he got uh, promoted to a principal, then he started having to deal with the school board and with parents and all this other kind of stuff, and he was horrible at it. Mm-hmm. So he decided, since he was horrible at that, the only th- the major thing that he focused on was how uh, efficiently kids walked down the hall to to their different classes. So he created this schematic in the school with you know dotted lines down the middle of the road or uh, the hallways, to try to uh, figure out how to get kids to their classes as efficiently as possible. And that was his overarching focus as the principal of the school because that was something that he was competent at. But as a principal, he was completely incompetent. So that's what people do. Or, um, he talked about this a lot too, they get sick and they die. Because it's frustrating. Or, um, um, and the other thing that he said is that there are only two types of, of people that actually get fired in businesses. The super incompetent mm-hmm. and the super competent. So those that are well, it, really bad. But I get that. <laughs> but those that are really good get fired? Uh, because of the threat? Because they're a threat? Part of it's a threat. Like an example that he that he gave is was in a school there was a teacher who was a great English teacher. He came in, started teaching, and in a year there were kids in his class that had learned and read books that they were going to read for the next two or three years. Well, the problem is when they go to the next grade, they've already studied the next grade was was going to study and that messes up um the teacher for the next year so they move them along or they find out some pretext and move you along pre um <clears throat> move you to a different position What's the name of this book it's called the peter principle peter yep like the apostle the peter principle yeah where did you find this book i don't know i got it on amazon I'd heard the, I'd heard about it before. Why things always go wrong? Say, yeah, hmm. yeah. Now this is a perfect example when it comes to uh, government, because mm-hmm. um, I've worked in local government and now I'm working in a school, mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> I mean, it's like <laughs> it's so obvious, it's so obvious. The other thing they said about about uh, politicians too, is that politicians are promoted to their level of, of of incompetence because, and this is when you are looking... Oh, they're doing good. You, this one should move up. We, we, he's great in this spot. We need to get him up to the next level. Well, no, because when they're looking, say somebody in the Republican Party, when they're looking for somebody to be a president, 
congressman. They're not looking for somebody who's good at the job. They're looking for somebody who will get elected for the job. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking for people that are good at getting elected, but not good necessarily at filling that position. And the characteristics that make you electable are not necessarily the characteristics that make you a good statesman or a politician. Right. <clears throat> and this is why we will continuously have what we have. Because it's according to the premise of the book. So, what do you think? It makes perfect sense. Nice it thing really about it. And it's not a long book. It's very funny. Um, uh, I think I got it for like a buck ninety nine or something oh, like yeah. that on Kindle. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Then you have this. Many, 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 many more hundreds of eggs are fertilized than become humans. Eggs get fertilized, and by that I mean sperm get accepted by ova a lot. But that's not all you need. You have to attach to the uterine wall, the inside of, the, of a, a womb, a woman's womb. But if you're going to hold that as a standard, that is to say, if you're going to say <clears throat> when an egg is fertilized, it's therefore all, has the same rights as an individual, then who are you going to, whom are you going to sue? Whom are you going to imprison? Every woman who's had a fertilized egg passed through her? What? Every guy whose sperm has fertilized an egg and then it didn't become a human? Have all these people what failed you? Uh, it's just a reflection of a deep scientific lack of understanding. What a moron! And, uh, you, you, you literally, or you apparently literally don't know what you're talking about. Yeah! You! And so, uh, uh, when it comes to women's rights Who is this? with respect to their reproduction... Who else? I Tim Kaine? should leave it to women. No. It's really... Uh, Joe you Biden. cannot help but notice. This is the I mean, engineer. I'm not the first guy to observe this. You have a lot of men of European descent passing these extraordinary laws based on ignorance. I'm I, sorry, you guys. I know it was written, or your interpretation of a book written five century, five thousand years ago, uh, fifty centuries ago, makes you think that when a man and a woman have sexual intercourse, they always have a baby. That's wrong. And so to pass laws based on that belief is inconsistent with nature. I mean, it's hard not to get frustrated with this, everybody. <laughs> uh, and I know it, nobody likes abortion, okay? Is this Rosie O'Donnell? But you <laughs> can't tell somebody what to do. I mean. She has rights over this, especially How? if she doesn't like the guy that got her pregnant. Like she- what has that got to do oh with Oh, my this? goodness. <laughs> my head is spinning. My head is spinning. So if, you're, if, you spontane- if your body spontaneously aborts, that's a crime? Well, he, what he's Moron. saying is it must be. You have to, he's, he's using our argument. Well, you, gotta, you can't have it both ways. It's not both ways. Right. If someone dies, this? if someone dies on their own, 
that's not a crime. No. So it's just, he's an idiot. Clearly. Who is it? She doesn't There's want more. anything to do okay. with your genes. Get You're over not going to tell me. Especially if she. So he's just equating. You should know this. He's just equating um, people to being just animals. Okay. Sorry. Like she doesn't want anything to do with your genes. Get over. <laughs> that's it. Really? Th that's what elk do. And I mean, they, they don't whales. like the size of your your rack, your antlers. Then they're not going to let you do whatever. I mean, she has rights over this, especially if she doesn't like the guy that got her pregnant. So that's that's what it is. I don't like you. Mm, sorry, I let you at the end. I don't like you anymore, based on how he said that. Like she doesn't want anything to do with your genes. Get over it, especially if she were raped and all this. Oh, okay. And all this. this so then he added and, that and, and later as the cat. Yeah, you know, it's all that. So uh, it's very frustrating on the, on the outside, on the other side. Uh, what is? We have so many more important things to be dealing with. Oh, like climate change. We have so many more yeah. problems to squander resources on this argument based on bad science, on just lack of understanding. It's very frustrating. You wouldn't know how big a human egg was if it weren't for microscopes. Okay, that's for what's that got to do with anything? Who are medical researchers looking diligently. You wouldn't know the process. You wouldn't have that shot, the famous shot or shots where the sperm are bumping up against the egg. You wouldn't have that, that without science. That has nothing to do with the So argument. then to claim that you know the next <laughs> step when you obviously don't is trouble. When you, okay, let me do that again. Let me just pull back. At some point, we have to respect the facts. Recommending or insisting on abstinence has been completely ineffective. Just being objective here. Uh, closing abortion clinics, closing, uh, not getting, giving women access to birth control has not been an effective when, way when does that happen? to lead to healthier societies. I suppose when we don't give them access to water, too. Or air. <laughs> Perhaps. Who is this moron? Yeah, come on, you have to know. Howard Dean. Yeah, no. This, I mean, I think we all know that. And I understand that you have deeply held beliefs. And you want to, and it really is ultimately out of respect for people. In this case, your perception of unborn people. I understand that. But I really encourage you to look at the facts. And I know Joe people Biden? are now critical of the expression fact-based. <laughs> no. Well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> So I just really encourage you to not tell women what to do and not pursue these laws that really are in nobody's best interest. Matthew McConaughey. Just really be objective about this. We have other problems to solve, everybody. Like climate change. Like climate change because you are so good, scientist, genius, face, idiot, moron. Oh, is that... Oh... Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever heard him talk before, other than maybe a clip here or there. <clears throat> wow. He's not a scientist, for one. Well, he, but he, he does wear a bow tie. True. So. He wears a bow tie, goes on television. He's an actor. He's a bad actor. Well, he's decent, I guess. Ugh. Wow. This this drivel being shared by uh, some of the uh, crazy liberals on uh, my face bag page makes me want to vomit. 
Weren't you just kind of being redundant there? The crazy liberals, yes. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <clears throat> oh, oh, breaking, not breaking. A couple days, Castro. <laughs> yeah. Now you, both people in the audience or in in the studio here today are a bit older than I am. Um, thanks. Give us, g- give <sighs> me your um remembrance, your memories of Fidel Castro's Cuba. Um. Well, all the pictures of them are, uh, you know, Studebakers from, you know, all their vehicles are like from the 50s because they couldn't import any. Um, They have uh, cigars. I mean, but was he just Castro just this awesome guy? Well, that's what Sean Penn says. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Spicoli. No, he was a dictator. Uh, killed a lot of people. He was a communist. He was a filthy red pinko commie. Here's just a couple, kind of a rundown of some of the things he he did. Uh, he jailed and tortured political prisoners as a higher at a higher rate than Stalin. Hmm. He murdered more Cubans in his first three years in power than Hitler murdered Germans. During his first six, Fidel Castro shattered through mass executions, mass jailings, mass larceny and exile, virtually every family on the island of Cuba. Many opponents of the Castro regime qualify as the longest suffering political prisoners in modern history, having suffered prison camps, forced labor and torture chambers for a period three times as long in Fidel Castro's gulag, as Alexander Solzhenitsyn, Solzhenitsyn, sure, suffered in Stalin's gulag. Fidel Castro and Che Guevara beat ISIS to the game by over half a century. As early as January 1959, they were filming their murders for the media shock value. And that's why all these young millennials have Che shirts, because he's so awesome. Yeah. Because they've never where's, found a where's the disconnect? that they didn't love. Where's the disconnect, though? How come it's okay to idolize these guys? Because he's a communist. They're communists. Well, break that down. Why do they want that? Um, why do they want communism? Yeah. Because on on paper, it's murdering your opponents. Well, no, no, communism isn't. It's never that. Oh, okay, it's never <laughs> right. that. That's why the communists what do it. What it is? It's radical egalitarianism. It's it's equal everything. It's love. It's peace. There's no capitalist. There's 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 love and then there's sharing. You know, we learn that in like kindergarten to share and socialists share everything. It's it's love and sharing. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean the more I mean the morons that uh support communism <clears throat> that's Castro also came closest to anyone in history to wantonly starting a worldwide nuclear war. Well, I think I think it was more the Soviet Union because, I mean, he didn't do it. He allowed the Soviet missiles to be in Cuba. C- correct. And he, uh, you know, the Soviet Union supplied so much money and resources to them. 
Plus, he was a communist. Over 20 times as many people, and counting, have died trying to escape Castro's Cuba as died trying to escape East Germany. Yeah, that one's kind of a false name. Well, probably. I mean, yeah. just the, the actual length of time. Well, I mean, because you count everybody who drowned. While, well, that's what they're doing, yeah. right. Well, they're getting away. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best. He helped train and fund practically every terror group on Earth, from the weathermen to Puerto Rico's Macheteros. To the... Uh, Argentina's Montaneros, to Colombia's FARC. Well, they had a bunch of Colomb- uh, Cubans in Africa as well. From the Black Panthers to the IRA. IRA, and IRA. from the PLO, the PLO to El Fata. The yeah. PLO. The PLO. The PLO, money. <clears throat> you got some PLO? Hey. So that, the, yeah, they... Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Steve Bannon, we all know him, right? Steve Bannon, the uh, the well, let's just hear what um, or let let's see what uh, Elizabeth Warren, <clears throat> the who we thought was going to be the president, um, which she still could, she still could. CNN host Anderson Cooper pushed back against Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, who supported Democrat presidential candidate Hillary. Uh, during the election for labeling one of President-elect Trump's top advisors a, quote, white supremacist. The clash came when Warren accused controversial Trump campaign CEO Steve Bannon, a former Breitbart executive, soon to be the president-elect's chief strategist, of being a racist. Um, real quick, uh, David, while you're at it, would you look up Steve Bannon's wiki? But Cooper quickly interjected, wait a minute, there's no evidence he's a white supremacist. Obviously, there are people who are white supremacists who support Donald Trump and support Breitbart or Steve Bannon. Warren, clearly frustrated by Cooper's challenge, began rolling her eyes and exhaling at the suggestion that it has not, in fact, been proven. She exhaled at him? That he's a white supremacist. Come on, she grumbled. Steve Bannon has certainly associated himself with white supremacists. Will you go that far? The CNN anchor again told Warren he's not certain it's fair to just accuse him of practicing racist ideologies. Oh, I'm going to practice a racist ideology. This is a guy who appointed, whose appointment is applauded by the Ku Klux Klan, she retorted. He's associated himself with a white supremacist. And that is that close enough? Now that is so stupid. Yep. Because someone supports you, you are that person? Really? Or like something that because there are communists out there. Have you that heard of Jeremiah Wright? Anybody? Exactly. Obama just he got away with that one. One thing though about the guy, Steve Bannon. Let's have it. Um, you know who Stephen Crowder is? Yeah. Okay. Stephen Crowder. I was listening to his podcast. louder with Crowder. I was listening to his podcast, and he said that Steve Bannon hates his guts. Hates loud Crowder. Hates his guts. Hates his guts so bad that he won't allow Milo Yakalubilopoulos yep. yeah, onto his program. Oh. Um, he Milo's a... He was with Breitbart not now, or something. Is he now? But before. Oh, okay. Uh, there was also... Um, uh, who else? Uh, there was another conservative that would never go on his program because Steve Bannon hated... Steven Crowder so badly would not allow him on. 
and he has no idea why. Mm. Said he's met him twice, but he's heard that he's a vindictive tool, and um, he's he's never had a cross word with a guy or anything, but for some reason he hates him. So I <clears throat> probably, I mean, it sounds like he's, uh, yeah. Did you look at his history, his wiki, his yep. pedigree? Yep, he's got an MBA from Harvard. Mm-hmm. He's a big money guy. Yep. So it appears that um, the JCD was uh, talking about that, and I think uh, Curry also a little bit. Goldman Sachs, yeah. yeah. That he's being brought in to help fix the financial bullcrap that's coming next year. To oh, kind yeah. To put him in place to bring yeah. some... some Because I guess in 2012, uh, he his speeches in 2012 were all about the economy and economics. And straight, nothing partisan, nothing. This is why they can't find any white supremacist stuff. The guy didn't talk about it. But it's a lot of a lot of financial stuff and a lot of how the economy works and what's going to happen. So it's intriguing that he's Trump is bringing that guy in as an as an advisor. Yeah. Unless, uh, because he was involved with Breitbart and. Other things. I don't know. Someone like this who maybe is staunchly quote unquote conservative, who is also a bulldog. Mm-hmm. I suppose you'd want him working for you than against you. Perhaps. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. But all that speculation, really, if, if they're going to say that, then how about uh, chapter and verse? Show us chapter exactly. and verse. Exactly. Yeah, there's none. Show us pictures. There's none. Right, there's just no way that Video. it doesn't exist. Yeah, right. exactly. <clears throat> but it's the same old stuff. I mean, um, look at BuzzFeed with the uh, oh yeah the gains. Okay, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden they're just they're worse than Hitler. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, if you didn't know any better, you'd think that mankind was a little dark. But thankfully, we're good. We're all good inside. Right. We're just right. naturally good, you know. And it's our circumstances that causes all the problems. Mm-hmm. Fake news. Hold up. Fake news, everybody. Bing, 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 bing. Iraq, March the 20th, 2003. The creation of illusions and the selling of war had come a long way since Edward Bernays. The selling of this invasion depended on the news media to promote a series of illusions, like the link between Saddam Hussein and 9-11. The vision of the World War I poster of the Statue of Liberty in a shambles in New York Harbor is not that different from the image of the World Trade Center, a burning symbol that sort of entered into the stock footage of people's dreams. So. Immediately, you have these associations between the image of the World Trade Center and Saddam Hussein and Iraq. But Saddam Hussein had absolutely nothing to do with it. Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with it, but that didn't matter. Because when you start using symbols that have been separated from their meaning and have sort of taken on a life of their own, the facts don't matter anymore. This is the Pentagon 
which spends almost a billion dollars a year just on advertising, recruiting, propaganda, the selling of war. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. There are Pentagon contracts with news organizations in terms of how to manipulate the news. There are Pentagon officials involved in press releases that go to the, the media in which intelligence is used to manipulate public opinion, which is a violation of the charter of any intelligence uh, organization. Then you have retired generals who serve. Except it's not anymore. Yes. Smith Munt. Yes. The Smith Munt Act has been revoked. When was that? A few years ago. Yeah. Which, uh, what, it banned the U.S. government from propagandizing its people? Yeah. Yeah, it's no longer in place. Well, overtly. Because you know they did it all the time, <laughs> yeah. anyways. Yeah. Now it's just out there in the open. So, yeah. Anyway, that, that goes on. That's kind of a fascinating little uh, breakdown of, of how the news media really helped to sell where they wanted to go in Iraq yeah. after 9 11. It's interesting. I think that's really interesting. Uh, if you, if any of you happen to follow uh, or listen to the No Agenda show, um, if even if you don't listen, you should at least sign up for the newsletter. And I wish I got a perk for this, but I don't. Um, the latest newsletter from uh, John, John Seed. Let me break, pull it up here. <clears throat> um, you know they've been talking about the. This whole fake news thing, you know, Obama, well, we don't care about, you know, we, we apparently don't care about the truth. And so all this fake news gets out there and Hillary lost. That's what they're saying. Um, hello. Hi. Really? You're not even going to come up in my, my search? No. Nope. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, the real fake news, he say, he says, uh, the discussion of fake news overlooks the real fake news, which is native advertising. And so, and in the image he got in here, uh, it's a whole bunch of web pages. And then he's circled all of the pieces where it says sponsored generated content, brand voice, Mm -hmm. uh, paid for and posted by discover sponsored generated content. Brand publisher, a paid post. So all these things, these news articles, these stories that are showing up on these websites yep. that say anything, up that's not news. That's a paid advertisement. Yeah, sponsored. It's yeah. absolutely paid. Like if you, like if you go, uh, if I go into Yahoo, or, yeah, is it Yahoo? Let me see. On, um, of course, it's taking forever. Well, clearly. <clears throat> but it it lists all of them, and the last time I looked at it, it looked like probably seventy five percent of all the news articles on are Yano sponsored were sponsored. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because how then? I mean, who knows that for one? Ah, uh, here we go. CNN dot com paid partner content. Jeez. What mobile phones do to your skin? Ten credit cards charging zero percent interest until two thousand eighteen. Mortgage rates hit 2.75 APR. See if you're eligible. <laughs> so it, it's different than the ad now. It's becoming sponsored content. And it it's crazy because there's nothing more to, I mean, what's true? And then th- this section here, 
at the bottom of it. Sponsored by Subaru. Okay. <laughs> In case you missed it, what the sex robots will teach us. Huh. I didn't miss it. Did you ever watch the movie Shooter? No. Oh, you haven't? Mm-mm. Oh, Should okay. I? Well, <clears throat> that's kind of... At the at the very end, uh, this evil senator says uh, something to the effect, it's, what's true is what I say is true. Ah, yeah. And There uh, it is. Yep, there it is. <clears throat> ah, Schultz is stepping down as Starbucks CEO. Yeah, I okay. saw that. Is that bad? I don't know. He's the one that's been anti-gun and anti-non-gay, I think. Non-gay? A- anti-non-gay, yep. Or against so, gays. No, anti-non-gay. So he hates people that, that aren't are, gay. I think so, yeah. Okay. They're not welcome in their stores. And, uh, people that aren't gay well, are not. So it's what? It's the end of another era. So do you have to come like with a Mac or something like that? Does that? I think you have to have a Mac and. A ponytail? No, not so much. Um, Lululemon skinny like workout oh, pants, I okay. think. Okay. Um, and and a, a, a satchel. A satchel. A satchel. <laughs> Howard Schultz, a self-made billionaire and Starbucks longtime chairman and CEO, announced on Thursday that he's stepping away from his role as chief executive for the second time in eight, 16 years. The move is almost certain to fans' speculation about a potential run for political office. Oh, there you go. Huh. Starbucks said Thursday afternoon that Schultz will give up his CEO title and become executive chairman. Oh, April 3rd, 2017. All right. Hey, guys, six months from now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. <laughs> he will cede the CEO role to Kevin Johnson, the company's president and chief operating officer. Now, it's... Okay, a company like that, what in the world does the CEO do different than the president and different than the COO? Remember what I said? He's got the... T- you raised your <laughs> level of incompetence. He's a self-made billionaire. Yeah. Hmm. CEO does nothing. CEO? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's 63. Billionaire. All right. Why's he got to work? Exactly. Hmm. Weird. I had a billion dollars. I... You, I, wouldn't, you wouldn't have a billion dollars. You're right. I, I never would. I would have given it all well before a, then. Yeah, I don't think you'd have a billion dollars. Oh, there we go. Hey, bing, bing, bong, bong. This is the Forbes. Where's it at? Brand voice. Here we go. Five lessons from the first time CEO of a tech giant. Five lessons. Ready? Sure. This is from HP. This is the HP Inc. voice. No, is this sponsored? No, no, it's a brand. It's Forbes brand voice. Okay. This is the brand voice. It's All a right. regist- That's a registered trademark, by the way. Uh, I ran business units before, including several years at HP. Product placement. One year ago today, I woke up as the first as the first time CEO of a brand new technology giant. Created from the separation of HP on November 1, 15. Our new company, HP Inc. What? Wow. Was born facing Boy. challenges, including mature. I suppose they had a focus group come up with that name. <laughs> Ooh. And declining markets. Increasing competition, global and political instability, and outdated perceptions <gasps> that our glory days were behind us. So they changed the company. This is not a startup. Wow. 
Well, that's Forbes brand voice Are right you there. Calling them a liar. Straight up news that you can believe in here on the David Allen Show. <laughs> Fine. DavidAllenShow.com. This will uh, bring this crazy show to an end. You all right? Did you die over there? I just died. DavidAllenShow.com for those interested. Um, the uh, on the interweb, on the Facebook, David Allen Show. I don't belong here. I never it is. The sun, the path I walk, the Stay tuned for 2017. The Big news coming here on the David Allen Show. Yeah. It's getting so we're getting a monkey. Hey! Yeah! <laughs> the tide began to rise. This demon hunter here on the David Allen Show. Is it show. really? Are they? Is it Christian? Just ask him. Really? Huh. Is this an old group or are they still? They're going now. Oh. All right, one more crazy. Ready? This from good.is. I thought professional surfing was hard, and then I started a water charity. What? Bringing clean water to millions of people oh. isn't as easy as you'd think. I'm not going to read it because it sounds stupid. <laughs> headline, here we go. This is the headline. Elon Musk may save suburbia. So Don't know how. The suburbs are about to become models of innovation. Wow. San Francisco's fourth tallest building is sinking, and nobody really knows why. The Leaning Tower of San Francisco has angry people pointing fingers in all directions. When you need to know what you need to know to be a citizen activist, first, do some research before you call. This sounds like stream of consciousness. <laughs> You've been sold a myth about sports drinks, and it could be slowing you down. If you avoid sugar-laden drinks, you'd probably be slimmer and faster. Yeehaw! So that's my problem. <laughs> Sugar-laden drinks. Sugar-laden drinks. And the last one. When celibacy is better than sex. If you're tired of hooking up, consider a sex sabbatical. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you could be tired of just hooking up. That's your your, your whole job. Yeah. All right. Any last words over there? Uh, ubiquitous. Wow. Thank That's you. everywhere. Yep. The peanut gallery. <laughs> All right. School's out. Uh, everyone go home. Learn something. Talk. Read. Read a book. Read a book. Read a book. Read a book. Uh, the, uh, Peter mm, Principal. Read Peter, it. Peter Principal, everybody. No. Uh, if you buy it from Amazon, uh, we won't get anything out of it. Yeah, no. Buck 99 here on the David. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is episode 40. Thank you for listening. It's been fun and real fun. No, it's not. 
Uh, no, for real though, we probably uh, are going to be doing some fun things coming up in the next year. This is December. We got a few more shows before the year ends. DavidAllenShow.com. Have a great night, everybody. Yeah, toodles. <laughs>